Go ahead and grab a seat. Has anyone ever uh, had a conversation that started kind of like with this sentence? Maybe you're out to eat. Maybe you're just hanging out with somebody. And they said something like, God told me to tell you. That happens to me regularly on the reg. I tell you, I think it's an occupational hazard. Maybe somebody will send me an email or you know, a phone call or a text or you know, in a meeting and somebody will say, God told me to tell you. And then they go on to tell me something. And sometimes they tell me something encouraging, like, Hey, God told me to tell you, he thinks you're doing a good job. That's nice. And then sometimes it's discouraging, like God told me to tell you you're doing a bad job. And here's why I don't love that one as much. And this happened actually a lot during uh, 2020, and we were navigating all sorts of decisions, right, about COVID. And during that period of time, if you could remember, and I could just uh, bring up your trauma with you, everyone was navigating, you know, the same types of things, really across the world, schools, homes, churches, everywhere, decisions about masks and distancing and cleaning and vaccines and going online and you know, all these things uh, that everybody has a different opinion about. You remember that? Remember that? That was fun, huh? There was one point in time where we made and we communicated a decision here at the Ridge, and I actually don't remember all the specifics of it, but in my inbox, I had an email that started with, God told me to tell you, and I held my breath, because who knows, and I clicked on it, and it went on to say that God told this person to tell me that they thought that what we were doing here was the right decision. The next email, not making it up, right here, the next email started with God told me to tell you and then proceeded to tell me that they thought that what we were doing was the wrong thing. And I remember going, well, maybe they could just duke it out and like winner takes all and we'll do whatever. Like, like I wish that I had an email from God, you know, saying, this is what I want you to do. I wish that my notification, you know, bubble opened up and we're like, yes, absolutely. We will do that either way. Right. Cause this is kind of what we want. We want to hear from God. We want to know what to do. We want to know what not to do. We want to know what to listen for or who to ignore. And another occupational hazard, uh, being a pastor, sometimes I'm the one saying, God told me to tell you, right? And you're like, yeah, and it always happens to be about money. That's the hazard part, maybe, of being a pastor. That was funny. I don't care. <laughs> but the reality is sometimes like, we don't know how, like, how are we hearing from God? What do we do? How do we respond? Is this from God? Is this us? You know, is this uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives? We'll talk about that next week. But like sometimes we just don't know what to do. And I'm the one saying like, hey, I think this maybe is what God wants us to do. Even recently, we talked about finish strong and finishing the fiscal year well. And a ridger came up to me during June, which finish strong was in June. And they said, Adam, I'm so glad that you hear from God. I wish I could hear from God as well as you hear from God. And it stopped me in my tracks because the reality is I don't have any secret to access God that you don't have. You have it too. It's not like the bat phone where only Commissioner Gordon, you know, has the number, you know, it's a red phone in my office or anything like that. We all want to hear from God and we all can hear from God and God guides all of us in our lives every day. And we all kind of want to know where to go and what to do and, and what not to do and how to get there. And I'm no different. I mean that I'm no different because I don't know about you. Sometimes I think things are just crystal clear when I'm praying and interacting with things. And I pray accordingly, God, obviously you want this. And I pray and I pray and I think I know what God wants us to do. And then I don't hear anything or, or it, maybe things don't turn out the way that I want. Can you relate? 
Like I pray and I pray and I pray and I say, God, help this person who is sick or help this person who, who needs you and it doesn't go the way that I would hope that it would go. Or I pray and I pray for God to provide, you know, provide for this family, for, I, for this situation, provide for my foster kiddo. And then barrier after barrier after barrier comes up and I don't know how to reconcile all of that. Or I pray or and I pray for God, take this away, take this addiction away or take this anxiety away, take this depression away or take this circumstance away away. And we pray and we pray for God to speak. Like what job, what relationship, what next step, what financial situation, what school. And then when we don't maybe hear him, we end up saying, God, are you there? You know, kind of like the comedian with the microphone. You're like, "Uh, is this thing on? Like, hello, hello, God. We go hear him. We don't know what to do. Now, this is the second week of our series that we're calling the guide to every decision you'll ever make in your entire life. And that's a tongue-in-cheek kind of title because this is what we want, right? We want, you know, just the step-by-step, turn-by-turn guide, you know, to know where to go. We want assurance that what we're doing or what we're thinking or who we're dating or what job we're taking or what financial investment we're investing is the right way to go. And that we think that, okay, if we're following God, that it'll always be kind of clear and easy. Now, last week we talked how we might misunderstand a little bit of God's will. God's will is more about who we are than what we do. He cares about both things, but his will for us is to be holy and live in holiness, to be set apart. That's what holy means, to live according to his standards as we love him with everything we've got and love everybody else with everything we've got. So God wants us to be holy. And whatever we do or say, who we are is a representative of Jesus. That's what we talked about. And we so desperately, as we're living for Jesus, want God to get into like the nitty gritty details of like, okay, what's next? How do I go? What's the decision? What do you want me to do? He, we want him to guide us. And here's Psalm 32, 8. This is what it says. The Lord says, and this is good news, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. That's what we want, right? We want a guide to every decision we'll ever make in our entire life. We want him to provide. We want him to show up. And there are stories all over the place. Maybe you have some stories about how God has provided for you in some real ways. Now, there are a lot of stories like that in the Bible. There's a story in Acts 3 about two guys named Peter and John. These guys were disciples, followers of Jesus. They were there kind of the whole time. And this takes place after Jesus has risen from the dead, what kind of Reed already talked about in communion. And he's already risen from the dead. He already uh, ascended into heaven. And so we're going to spend our time in Acts 3. I encourage you, we're going to have the scriptures up here on the screen, but I also encourage you, if you've got a Bible app or you, you know, want to look at the Ridge app, there are message notes and stuff like that in there too. We're going to spend the rest of our time in Acts 3. So this is, a, this is verse 1 of Acts 3. So Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. So Peter and John, they're on their way to church. And this has nothing to do with anything, but I I sometimes wonder, like, do you think like Peter and John were like ever late to church? I bet they were. You know, they like snuck in the back. They're like, don't mind me. Like some of you feel like I'm taking a shot at you. I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at you. 
I'm, I'm just glad that they were there. I think it's a hilarious image. I'm like, yeah, I was a disciple. Yeah, hey, hey, it's okay. I'll get, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But they're on their way, and, and they're going to worship. This is a, a, a typical activity. They were there regularly, and they got close, and they saw this guy who was lame from birth, it says. Now, why is that important? Why do we care that he was lame from birth? Why, why is that in the Bible? Well, it means a couple of things. It means he knew how to beg. That's the only way he could have made a living. It also means that this, this guy, because of being crippled, and this is important, he wasn't allowed to go inside. He wasn't allowed to go to church. He was considered unclean or unworthy. He couldn't go in there with everybody else. So he got as close as he could, and he was carried into like right outside of the temple so he could do the thing that he'd been doing for years and years and years. So this is the rest of, of verse 2. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. I mean, that's what you do, right? Like when, when you're there to beg for money, you, you do that. And that's actually a fantastic place to do what he was doing. Giving to the poor is an important part of, it's important act in the Jewish faith. So he goes there regularly. He asks for money. Now stop and, and kind of think, this isn't a trick question. I mean, why would he be begging for money? Because he needed What? money. He needed help. He didn't have it. Money would be an incredibly important need for him. I don't think it, would, it was a stretch. Like he needed it. He was in a situation that he couldn't work and he couldn't provide and he, for himself and he, he didn't know where to turn it and didn't know what to do. So he was there regularly committed to this so that he could have a little bit of help so he saw Peter and John, and I don't know why he specifically maybe asked them other than God's provision, but check this out. He did ask them, and this is, this is verse 4. So Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, hey, 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 look at us. And why did he say that? Like, why did Peter go, hey, look at us? And have you ever interacted with somebody who's in a similar situation? You know, somebody begging on a street corner or something like that. See, often they're trying to look, they're trying to make eye contact with as many people as possible, trying to identify somebody who's going to respond to them, right? And I don't know if they're not like looking at Peter. I don't know if they're looking past Peter maybe for the next person that they're going to ask. I don't know. But I love this image of these two men, kind of Peter and the layman. They like lock eyes and they're staring at one another. And I think the layman started to get pretty excited because he thought, okay, some unusual generosity is going to come my way. And he had no idea. Check this out. This is verse 5. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. He's like, here we go. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I can just imagine how the lame man felt there. But, Peter says, I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter didn't have any money, but wow. He says, I'll give you what I have. My goodness, that's powerful, right? And then in the name of Jesus, not in Peter's power, in God's power, he says, get up and walk. And God provides in a way that's more generous than the lame man even knew how to comprehend. He didn't even know how to ask for it or understand it. So here's an important, a very important takeaway from this story. God guides through what he provides. God guides through what he 
provides. Has God ever provided for you? Is he providing for you maybe in some way recently or, or today? We often look for ways that God provides in like big old ways, right? Like layman walking type of ways, and that's good. But God's provision is all around us. So is there, is there something going on in your life that God is providing? Maybe it's meals delivered from our meals team here at the Ridge. I just love this, you know, kind of ministry because it's when people like have surgery or, you know, they, they have a baby or something like that and somebody just drops off a, a meal. That's, that's all. But as somebody who's received that sometimes, it's incredible how kind and important and helpful that provision can be when your world's kind of been turned upside down for a little while. Or maybe it's this perfectly timed conversation or phone call or piece of encouragement or you know message or something like that. Maybe it's a relationship that just because of that person in your life, it changed your trajectory. Or maybe it's a community of people that came around you and you know there is no way you would be sober without that community that God provided. Or maybe it's a friendship that challenged you to follow God in a way that you wouldn't have received if it hadn't been somebody that God placed in your life. There are all sorts of examples like this. Recently, I want to share you know an example like this in my life. It was a Sunday morning and I had just found out that a dear a dear, dear friend of mine was going to be taken off of life support. He was 37, left a couple of kids behind. It was incredibly sudden. He had had a stroke and just within a matter of moments was gone. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was trying to navigate. So I was supposed to talk that morning, did talk that morning. But of course, the topic of the day was hope. And I wasn't feeling very hopeful. Can you relate? Just wasn't feeling it. So I got this text message from a mutual friend who knew my buddy and who knew me and knew that I was talking that day. And he sent me a text message and it said, hey, I'm praying for you specifically for speaking while someone that you love had just passed. It was probably about 20 words. That's it. But I tell you, God provided it at just the right time. And it was in just the right way. And that doesn't mean that it was any easier, but it was definitely helpful. And I'm so thankful for my friend who reached out to support and to pray for me. And I'm so thankful that God prompted him to do so. And it was a way that God kind of guided that day because of the way that he provided. I was reminded just in the middle of that thinking and sorrow that God is there and that he loves me and that there is hope in eternity. See, God guides through what he provides. And boy, did he provide for this lame man. I mean, can you imagine the impact that this had on the lame man's life? This is verse 7. So then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Like, that's incredible to me. And then the lame man jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Maybe a moonwalk. That would have been awesome, wouldn't it? Then walking, leaping, and praising God. He went into the temple with them. See, this wasn't like this little response, right? It didn't like happen and then he goes, oh, thank you. Like, no, he was pumped. This was a a significant 
thing. And then, did you catch it? He went into the temple with them. The place he wasn't allowed to go. That's where he went right away. God's provision provided for something that the lame man didn't even know was possible. Didn't even know that he could ask for. And check this out in in verse 9. See, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God because the lame man couldn't contain it. And when they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gates, he was there all the time. They recognized him. They were absolutely astounded. Like it blew them away. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding holding tightly to Peter and John. I mean, I would too, man. Like, hey, like this is good stuff. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Like you're not going anywhere. See, God's provision doesn't just impact the lame man. Did you notice? Doesn't just impact the person who received it. God's provision impacted the people surrounding the person who received it. How incredible is that? This is an amazing story. I love this story, but I want to pause maybe rewind just a little bit because we focus for good reason on how God provided. And this is, that's good. But what about something else? I just want to reread one verse for you. This is verse six, same story. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. I don't I don't have any of the thing that you're asking for. See, that's what the the lame man did. He begged. He said, do you have any money? And and Peter said, I don't have have the hat. The story includes the lame man's request being denied. He needed the money. It would have made a significant impact in his life. It would have been incredibly helpful, but still that's not what was given. So let's bring that into our lives right now because what do we request? How do we navigate this? I pray and I pray and I pray and I ask God like to show up and he doesn't maybe do it in the way that I hope or I don't hear anything or I pray and I pray and I pray and like, hey, you're sick and, and I don't know how to navigate this and it doesn't turn out the way that I want and I pray and I pray and I pray for God to provide for you and for me and for the church and maybe for, for a very specific thing and it doesn't go that way and a barrier comes up instead and I pray and I pray and I pray for God to take stuff away and it doesn't happen. There's a whole nother aspect to this story. God guides through what he provides and it's amazing and miraculous but here's the other one. God guides through what he withholds. And that one doesn't feel quite as good. Now we know how this story ends it was pretty great. But I believe that God does guide in these moments. That he provides through provision, but he also provides in those moments where he withholds. And have you ever asked that kind of prayer? Like, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? Or maybe you're thinking right now, like, how dare you, Adam, say that withholding can be a good thing? Like, it doesn't feel like that. Like, wouldn't God want this? Wouldn't God want this? Well, God's will for us is to be holy See, I don't always understand God's will. I don't always understand the end of our very specific stories. I don't always know why he withholds. I know that he does though. And I believe that he loves us so much that he is even guiding us in those moments. There are a lot of stories in my life and even in the life of the ridge that where 
God does not answer the prayer in, in a way that he is providing in, in those moments, maybe in God's timing, maybe in God's you know, situation, but he guides. Here's an example in my own life. So Abby and I moved to Indianapolis in the summer of 2011. It's for a new job. I was really excited about the new job. I started the job. We bought a house. We bought a new car. And things were looking pretty great. I mean, I would probably have said at that time, God was guiding us through the way he was providing, through his provision. And then, you know, a couple weeks went by, and, and it became pretty clear that I wasn't a very good fit at this job, which is kind of a sobering moment. And I didn't know what to do, and they didn't know what to do, and it was nobody's fault. Nobody did anything wrong or anything like that. It just wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. It was kind of beyond my control, and it was a big struggle, but I decided to resign. And I, I prayed you know, my heart out during this period of time. I prayed, God, please change this circumstance. God, please intercede in this. God, please do something about this. Change me, change them, change everybody, whatever. Just help me get out of this. And I resigned without having a job, which I don't know how smart that was, but I did. And I ended up working at other places, doing other things. I ended up working at a grocery store in Kroger, and I ended up working at Charles Schwab as a stockbroker. But here's, here's some of, some of the story that's really important. See, the period of time changed me. And I prayed my heart out during this period of time, and I was miserable for a lot of this period of time in my life. But God decided to challenge that, and God decided to say, hey, Adam, do you trust me in the good and the bad and the highs and the lows? Do you trust that no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, that you are mine and that I love you? And she started to change my perspective. And then the way that I looked at myself changed a little bit. And then the way that I looked at God and God's provision changed. And the way that I looked at the world changed. And the way that I looked at work changed. And the way that I looked at church changed. And it was one of the most foundational periods of time in my life where God was forming me in a way that I don't think that I would have accepted if I hadn't desperately needed him at the time. And then I got a phone call one day from the owner of that job that wasn't a great fit. And he called and he said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about a church that's looking for somebody to work there. It's called The Ridge in Columbus, Indiana. And that was years later. And here's the point of the story. See, I didn't really do any of that. That was God guiding through withholding. And I also don't ever want to experience it again. But God guides through not getting prayers answers sometimes too. See, God was setting up something that I had no idea even existed and the timing of which was impossible until it was possible. Do you have a story like that? where God guides, like he's in control. See, sometimes we don't understand how God is guiding through withholding until we look in the rearview mirror. But he is guiding you right now. And sometimes he's saving you from something, saving you from a bad financial investment, getting you out of a relationship where you dodged a bullet or whatever. You don't understand sometimes what's happening until it's happening. But God is guiding all of the time. And God loves you all of the time, even in seasons of withholding. So that brings us kind of back to the beginning concept. How is God's will playing out for you in your life? 
So there are two thoughts, you know, with these, you know, thoughts of provision and withholding that we'll ask. Here's the first one. How is God's provision guiding you today? I believe that if there's provision happening in your life, He is, He is responsible for providing it. How is guiding you through provision, you know, happening? For the lame man, can you imagine if the lame man had gotten healed and then the next day he went back and begged at the same gate? That would have been ridiculous. It changed his life. It fundamentally changed and guided him. And it should prompt us to celebrate and to praise God in a way we never have before. Or maybe to take a step in a a way kind of like the lame man walking and leaping and praising God. I mean, I bet he was dancing. I bet he heel clicked all the way down to the temple the next day. I mean, how incredible his life changed. So how's God's provision guiding you today? Perhaps it's guiding you into making a decision you're avoiding. Maybe it's guiding you to love your neighbor or a spouse or a child in a way that you've been resistant to. Maybe it's guiding you to be more generous. Maybe it's guiding you to to do, to take the leap on the thing that you're like, this is terrifying to me, or to give up your, your resources, time, effort, whatever. Maybe it's simply just a reminder not to thank God or pray to God in the bad stuff, but to worship God, to praise his name for how he is providing for you. How's he providing for you today? How is that guiding to you? Or maybe for you, it's the other side of the coin right now. The other side of the coin doesn't feel quite as good, but it's important. So here's the second question. How is God's withholding guiding you today? Is there an area in your life that God is saying no or not yet? Is he withholding in some way? See, remember, withholding leads us to him. His will for us is to be holy. So how is his withholding guiding you? And I know that this is sensitive, and I know that this is desperately difficult. But maybe his withholding refocuses you on what is important Or maybe his withholding helps others see how God helps you through or the church helps you through. Or maybe withholding causes you to rely on him and pray to him like you never have before. Or maybe he is trying to to guide you and prune you and to change your perspectives. Or maybe his withholding is protecting you from something you don't see or you don't understand. Or maybe his withholding is setting you up for something that's beyond your wildest dreams or all of the above or none of the above. Because I don't understand withholding nearly as much as I understand provision. But here's the truth. God is guiding your life. One way or another, God is guiding your life. And maybe he's doing something like he did in the story. The lame man is able to walk again and it changes his life and he jumps and leaps and praises God. And then Peter and John go into church And just a few minutes later, Peter actually has this opportunity to preach and to teach on the name of Jesus about how only in Jesus' name people can be healed. And he saw this opportunity, and the people were astonished, amazed at the miracle, right? And Peter had their attention. And this is verse 16. This is the same story. So through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before because you saw him every day. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. 
And God's guidance is all over this story. Peter and John didn't have the money the man requested. God withheld that. But they had something better. God provided that. The man requested money like he did every day leading up to this point, and God withheld that, but he was healed in the name of Jesus. God provided that. And Peter and John went into the church, and God's provision is perfectly timed to make this significant impact. It changes the lame man's life. It gives an opportunity for Peter and John to proclaim the name of Jesus to the very people who had shouted for Jesus to be crucified. It's the same folks. And God guides through what He withholds and He guides through what He provides. And Jesus is the perfect provision. Jesus on the cross is our perfect provision. So if you can't come up with any way that God is guiding you today, He is at the very least guiding you into relationship with Him. He is guiding you. He loves you. He shows up every time. And sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't accept it. But He knows what's going on. And He is guiding you through provision and through withholding and things we get and things we see and things we don't. So how are you being guided today? And how are you going to respond? I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that your provision can come through withholding. I don't I really don't fully understand that. But I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for the times that you, you lead us and guide us, even in ways we don't see or don't understand or don't know how to navigate. Help us rely on you. Help us praise your name for where you are providing and we see it. Help us trust you where you're withholding and we don't understand it. And thank you for the cross. Thank you that... Your provision is so perfect. We have eternity with you that we know the end of that story. We might not know every chapter of our story, but we know that we end it with you. We end it with hope. We end it with peace. And that you are providing in this very moment. You're guiding us in this very moment. Help us surrender all of that to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen.